What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tirza Price coming to you from Book Riot. This is episode 333.5, and this week I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great books that will probably creep you out just a little bit because, you know, tis the season. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. All right, so the two books I picked this week, I picked them because, you know, it's October. I always like reading atmospheric things in October. And I decided to pick two books that I have read in the past um, that really did a great job of creeping me out. But one is more of a thriller and one is actually like a straight up horror novel. So if you have different tolerances for different things, just know that. My first pick is When No One Is Watching by Alyssa Cole. And this is the more um, thriller side of things. Content warning for gaslighting, um, racism, and um, I believe there's there's like some drugging without consent. I can't remember any of the other um, sort of content warnings. So just heads up about that. But this one is about a woman named Sydney. She's a black woman from um, a neighborhood in Brooklyn, and she really loves her neighborhood. Um, She's grown up there. Her mom owns a house there, and she has always kind of just thought that, like, you know, it's a great place to live. And she has returned home after being away for a while. But when she returns home, she's a bit shocked to find that the neighborhood has changed most obviously is the fact that there are like white people all up and down her block. And this has been, you know, a traditionally black neighborhood. And she is seeing these, um, you know, white families move in seemingly overnight and take over houses that, you know, used to belong to her neighbors and her friends. And so obviously that is very upsetting to see. And she's very emotional about it. And she really just is not liking the tenor of the neighborhood. So she decides that like one of the things that she's going to do to try to preserve the neighborhood's history is she wants to come up with like this really authentic sort of walking neighborhood tour. And she's kind of inspired by it when she goes on a walking neighborhood tour of her own neighborhood. And she finds that the person leading it is just kind of whitewashing and brushing over history. And she gets really mad about that. 
So her whole thing is she's doing all this research to come up with her own neighborhood walking tour. And she meets Theo. And Theo is a white man who has moved in with his girlfriend in the brownstone across the street from Sydney. And she immediately kind of just dismisses Theo as just, you know, another one of those new white people with money that have come into her neighborhood and are changing everything. However, when um, some circumstances kind of put them together, Theo offers to become her research assistant and help her out with this walking tour. And she reluctantly and cautiously agrees. And as the two of them sort of get to know each other and they start looking into not only the history of the neighborhood, but like where are their neighbors actually going? They start to notice some really weird things that are happening. And one of the most alarming things that they notice is that like people that they talk to one day who have no interest in moving all of a sudden disappear the next week. And like they can't get a hold of them. They have no idea where these people went. So obviously something very fishy is going on. So Sydney and Theo start really investigating and maybe they start to realize that like there's a darker sort of force at work and at first they're kind of dismissed as conspiracy theorists but when Sydney uncovers something that makes her question her trust in Theo um, she knows that she is onto something. I think that this book is really, like, it's just really well-written, but then it's, like, a really great book if you like a sort of slow burn, sort of suspenseful book with, like, kind of, like, this ooze of paranoia into it. Like, it's not, like, jump into your face scary, but... From the very beginning, this book made me so angry and frustrated because it's just like, and not, not because I didn't like the book, but like the story made me frustrated and angry because it's so insidious how, you know, the people who are coming into this neighborhood and they're treating Sydney like crap, even though she's, you know, been there her entire life and she slowly starts to suspect what's going on. But, like, nobody's really being forthcoming and honest. And um, it's really, really unfair. And that is the sort of, I don't know, that's its own sort of horror right there is the injustice and how easily it happens and how quickly it takes hold in this neighborhood. So this book had some really great, exciting twists that, honestly, I did not see coming. And when I did, you know, finally see them, I was cheering because I love them so much. This is really excellent novel. Alyssa Cole has written a lot of romance, um, but I believe this is her first thriller. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I hope that Alyssa Cole writes more thrillers. Um, so that was uh, When No One Is Watching by Alyssa Cole. It is excellent. My next creepy pick is the outright horror one. And I want to give a content warning heads up for... Gore, animal death, unfortunately, and I think there, you know, there is some gun violence, but mostly the the big thing that sticks out in my memory is the gore and animal death. Which personally, I I think if I had known that going in, I, I'm not sure if I would have picked up this book. I'm glad I read this book, but just know that it it gets dark. So, the only good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. It is about this group of friends. They grew up in the Blackfeet Reservation, and they are in their like late teens, early 20s when they decide to go hunting. 
and they're hunting on their reservation and they're not catching anything. And they make a decision that turns out to be pretty fateful because 10 years later, these four friends are kind of scattered. One is dead. One has left the reservation and his name is Lewis. And we start out in his perspective for the first part of the book. And so Lewis kind of feels, you know, proud of all that he's accomplished in the last 10 years. He works for the U.S. Postal Service. He has a wonderful partner. She is white. But he feels like, you know, he's finally like making some progress in his life. And they've just rented a new house that he really likes. And he's thinking that like, you know, he's got a good life. He's got a good thing going. But then he starts to feel like weird things are happening. And he feels like people around him are acting weird. His dog dies in a really, you know, violent and horrific way. And he starts to feel like he's seeing this like shadow of an elk. And he knows what this is all about. Although you don't, you don't as the reader quite understand yet. And so as he kind of descends into this paranoia and he's trying to figure out like, what is it that's stalking him? He comes to find out that an elk that he and his friends killed 10 years earlier has come back for revenge and it begins to stalk him and it stalks um, his other two friends. And you just kind of know that like, this is not going to end well for anybody. This book is so tense and has like one of the longest, most prolonged scenes or series of scenes of like just absolute suspense. I, I was listening to this on audio and I just remember sitting there listening, like barely able to move because I'm like, it just keeps going. When, like, when's, when are you going to get that like sort of release of tension? And, I don't know, Graham Jones offers some release eventually, but he really strings you along for quite a while. I mentioned that this was dark and it gets a bit violent and, um, you know, there's some gore. But at the same time, none of it ever felt gratuitous because I do like reading horror books I'm more of a wimp when it comes to horror movies, but I can, you know, I can still read and watch those sorts of things. But like gore is usually like kind of my line just because most of it's just blood splatter for the sake of shock. I don't think that Stephen Graham Jones does that in this book. Like it's all very intentional and there's a reason and a consequence for every action in this. And it's just... I think very overall, just very impactful. So this is a really great book that, you know, talks about, I think, like shared responsibility in your community, in your culture, um, sort of like the consequences of when you decide to break the rules and, and then, you know, have this large force that's going to come after you expecting some consequences. I, you know, this is really interesting book. And I also appreciate that um, you see, I think, a sort of varied 
example of indigenous life. Like you have Lewis, who is not living on the Blackfeet reservation, but um, of course, this whole story starts with what happens on the Blackfeet reservation 10 years earlier. That's where it ends as well. And you just have a really interesting and very varied cast of characters. So it might be a little bit challenging if gore and descriptions of gore are not for you. But overall, I think this is definitely a worthwhile pick. And that is The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. And that is it for me today. I hope that you are staying safe and well-stocked with books this weekend. And thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please show us some love by leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Also, it is Book Riot's 10-year anniversary this month. So hard to believe. But this month only, we are offering exclusive merch. Um, So make sure to go to the website and check that out because that will be gone um, when October is gone. And finally, as always, thank you to our sound editor, Jen Zink. Finally, if you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and very sassy cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. And I will be back next month on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty and with more backlist book recommendations. Um, until then, thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Okay.